All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that'll teach you how to do exactly that. And now let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Business Blast podcast. I have John Rayner with us uh, today. And uh, so, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Tyler. I appreciate uh, the invitation. Uh, so in short, um, in short, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur with a number of different businesses internationally. Uh, but the main focus of today's conversation is around uh, one of my companies uh, titled JohnRayner.tv. And in essence, Tyler, what we do is we ultimately help um, people in business to lead, speak, and sell with more confidence, power, and persuasion. All right. Well, I know our audience uh, is interested in that. So let's, let's dive into persuasion first. So how do we, and obviously we do this ethically, but how, how do we persuade? Do you have any persuasion tips? Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's an example that you're thinking of? Um, well, I think, okay. So a lot of the people that listen to this show come from my main business of authors unite. So I help, uh, people become authors, hit the major bestseller list and then grow their business on the back end. So a lot of the times they're like consultants, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs, you know, things of that nature. So how about for like, when you're on that sales call, how, how can you be, uh, like ethically persuading without coming off as like a high pressure salesman. I think that's a problem with a lot of people when they're first starting out is it's almost like uncomfortable to ask for the sale, you know? Sure. Absolutely. And, and look, uh, Tyler, you know, as well as I do, uh, whatever I'm about to say is not new. There's nothing new under the sun. Um, what I have to say should really be vanilla, meaning plain for most people. But what fascinates me is how how uh, many business operators or people in sales or selling their products and services don't apply the basics. So, so two quick responses. We could talk more about it. But the first one, of course, is the, the old cliche of uh, better working with people who are pulling on your rope as opposed to you pushing on it. So I think in terms of persuasion, I think if someone's, I think if someone's done a great job of exposing and promoting their, firstly, their credibility, secondly, their likability, next, believability before moving into the trust zone. And, and by the way, Tyler, I could obviously break down each of those areas, but I appreciate this short call uh, or conversation. So first being establishing credibility uh, with the with the target market that you're uh, aiming for and then of course likability is the old cliche people only purchase from people they like i think there's a lot of truth to that and then we move into believability now it's interesting tyler because what i find with people who are selling products and services they'll typically jump into um, believability, in other words, speaking at the audience, trying to give information, trying to give intellect, trying to give their ideas before even uh, ticking the boxes of credibility. 
before ticking the box of likability. And you know, as well as I, the best way to do that now is via the likes of social media platforms, by the likes of uh, strong videos and, and giving out free content mm -hmm. uh, to establish your credibility. And then of course, especially with videos, people can see into the whites of your eyes. They can hear the tone of your voice, the frequency and, uh, and the messages that which you give off before, before people get into um, the believability zone, which is of course where you start to talk more about your products and your services. So that's, that's what I mean by um, uh, engaging with people who are pulling on your rope so they've seen They've seen all of your persuasion techniques by, by way of maybe social media or other um, platforms or mediums that you're using. And then the last thing I'll say is uh, questions are the answer, Tyler. As you know, again, we've, we've, we've trained more than 80,000 people or salespeople uh, wow. with Fortune 500 companies and, and other large companies across 15 different nations. Mm -hmm. And even though people, even though people have a title, maybe sales professional, it fascinates me. It fascinates me how some people will spend more time learning their script or more time constructing scripts rather than thinking about the questions they're going to ask. So, so obviously questions are the answer. And in the last 25 years of being in sales myself and 20 years uh, building my own companies, I've never, ever, ever, uh, had questions fail me yet. That doesn't mean I win every sale, but I, I, I think my batting average uh, is better when I'm asking questions as opposed to telling, uh, uh, because telling is not selling, correct? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think I'm so glad that you said that because um, I think, again, that's another kind of big, I guess I'll use the word problem that a lot of people when they're first starting out have is they're so excited about their product or their service. So they just talk about that the whole time. And uh, in, in reality, at least for me now, a typical sales call actually is, is very little of me talking and it's, it's really just discovering like, can I help this person? So I have a set of questions that I ask them that will allow me to realize uh, that I either can or cannot help them get to where their desired end result is. And if I can, then I, you know, present the offer. And if I can't, then I just say it's not a good fit. Um, but really, it's probably them talking like 90% and me speaking 10. Um, and I think it's the opposite when people first start out. <laughs> I, so, I completely agree. Um, so 80,000. Okay, that's a lot. Um, well, so before we get there, let me ask, why, why did you get into this stuff? Like, how, what, was there something in your life early on that like, catapulted your interest in, in helping people in this area or, or what was the reason? Yeah, desperation. <laughs> okay. uh, to be honest, to yeah. be honest, Tyler, I'm, 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 you know, your typical, uh, your typical entrepreneur from, you know, gutter to glory, uh, from prison to palace. Let me just make it clear. I've never been into prison or incarcerated, but it's, uh, it's an old saying. And, and what I mean by that is, um, whilst I, whilst I came from a very, um, uh, you know, loving environment, uh, protected and provided environment, the basics, I mean. Uh, I'm two generations away from government handouts, uh, meaning, you know, grandparents uh, needing government handout to survive. Uh, you know, my family or my, um, you know, my, the, my, my parents' generation did not, uh, did not go on to further education. 
they never started business. We never talked about business around the table. It was just about doing a hard day's work, blue collar environment. Um, but the challenge, Tyler, and I'm sure you've heard thousands of stories like this. The challenge was I would sit there thinking, wow, you know, everything's too expensive. We, you know, I had my first holiday uh, at 16 years of age. That was the first time my uh, parents took uh, my, my brother and sister and I on a holiday. That doesn't make them bad people. It just means that even though we lived in the UK at that time, which is obviously a developed nation and obviously a nation where you can make things happen easily, you know, we, we didn't have our first holiday. And, and, and entirely, this will make you laugh, our first holiday was based on um, my dad gaining a free holiday uh, uh, from, his, from his company. Um, so it wasn't even paid for by my family. So, so coming from that environment, I, I think I was always fascinated by the fact that if most people have got, you know, a brain, two eyes, hands, legs, feet, et cetera, the majority of people have got the same faculties. Why is it that some are unsuccessful? Why are some uh, are successful? And why are some extremely successful? So probably around the age of 18, I'm 46 now. So it's quite some time ago. I, I, just, I just became an, uh, an avid student. Uh, meaning I've read more than a thousand books on leadership and, and sales and marketing and business and entrepreneurship. And I found, Tyler, that the principles across those who are super successful, the principles, whilst they, they manifest differently based on different personalities, but the principles pretty much remain the same. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. So, look, I started, there's, a, there's an old proverb that says, um, to be successful, plagiarize, or to be more accurate, it says to be successful, copy success. So I'm a, I'm a great plagiarist, Tyler. I would have been no good at university had I gone to university. Uh, and I just started copying what others do. And by the age of uh, 21, started my first business, but really didn't know what I was doing. I was, you know, banging around for uh, uh, five years, six years and trying and failing and trying and failing and needing to do two or three uh, different jobs just to support my poor entrepreneurship. But something happened um, at about the age of 27. So we're talking nearly 20 years ago. And, um, and the thing that happened was my own confidence. Hence why I talk about helping people in business to be more confident powerful and persuasive, but it was my own confidence. And, uh, and that was both in leadership and selling. And lastly, and the key for me was public speaking. So I've, I've now, I've now been working with executives and, and managers, uh, and sales teams for nearly two decades. Uh, somebody once said to me, uh, you, you don't really know what you're doing until you can show somebody else how to do so. So I thought, Oh, I know. I'll start teaching people how to speak publicly. And, and as a shocking public speaker, uh, 25 years ago, and I'm talking about shaking at the knees with only half a dozen people in front of me, uh, you know, obviously I've um, trespassed that to now where I've spoken to, as I said to you, more than 80,000 people across different nations. And so I don't know if I'm answering your question, but for me, it was desperation. For me, it was trying to connect the dots as to why some are not successful and why some are or why some are super successful. And whilst I uh, wouldn't put myself in the super successful bracket uh, right now, I'm certainly uh, and hopefully on that journey. Yeah, no, no, it definitely does. And, and I actually think, I think that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, in my case, it, 
it, it was also kind of desperation. Like I dropped out of school. My mentors told me if I write a book, people will take me more seriously because I was like a 20 year old dropout with no expertise, but I wanted to do public speaking. So my mentors said the root word of authority is author. So if you write a book on a topic that, you know, you would want to speak on, then, you know, people will view you as an authority on that topic. Um, and then your chance of getting gigs is, you know, a lot higher. So, you know, that's, I kind of wrote the book out of desperation in all honesty. Um, and then it ended up working. And then what took off quicker than my speaking career was helping others with their books. Um, but it started out with kind of being like my back up against the wall because I had dropped out and I wasn't, I didn't want to go back to school. So it was like, I had to make it work, you know? Um, so my, uh, my next question for you is with public speaking, because I know that a lot of people, even me to this day, and I, um, you know, due to the fact of what I do, a lot of the people I help are public speakers. So I'm surrounded by a lot of really good public speakers. And even with all the advice they've given me and everything, I still get freaking nervous up there. Like I still don't feel that comfortable up on a stage. Um, so do you have, what advice do you have for people that want to get better at uh, public speaking? Well, there's probably a number of answers, but I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my key or the secret that not only helped me, but has helped uh, many uh, on this journey the last 20 years. And that is that uh, when people are in a somewhat presentation style format, or they're in a situation where it's considered public speaking, um, uh, they're already destined for failure, Tyler. Absolutely destined for failure. Uh, and what I mean by that is even the word, I, I, I cannot tolerate the word presentation or even speaking because there's the, there's the idea that we have to be the masters of all knowledge and that we have to uh, stand and speak almost like a, uh, a script that maybe a president would give or a politician when they're reading off, you know, <laughs> off cue. And, and, and here's, the here's the word that I love, Tyler. Here's the word that I love, conversation. Um, I know uh, by the sound of your voice, even though I cannot see you visually, I know that you're in no way, shape or form nervous now, as, as nor am I. And yeah. simply because we have, we're having, as we say in Australia, I lived there for 15 years, we're having a yarn, right? We're having a, we're having a how do you say it in North America? We're having a, we're having a chat. Yeah, chat. <laughs> And here's what I've done. Here's what I've done with many. And of course, there's other answers, but here's the key. And I say this, if within the first three minutes of any public speech, sorry for the word speech or presentation, sorry for that word also, if after three minutes, your voice uh, being, the, being the facilitator, if your voice is the only voice that's been heard or being heard, then you might as well take a baseball back to your own knees because really what the audience are there for is a conversation and a facilitator of information. Point being, going right back to the original part of our conversation, I don't care whether it's one-on-one -on -one over the phone, one-on-one -on -one sitting around a table, a small group of people or even 10,000 people in your audience, if within the first few minutes or more, that you haven't asked questions relevant to your topic, relevant to your conclusion or the journey that you want to take people on. If there hasn't been a level of communa or, or communication or conversation or facilitation, then the nerves and the apprehension guaranteed 
higher than they should be. And the problem with that frequency is everyone can feel it. And then even the audience start to feel uncomfortable for the speaker. So in short, questions are the answer. Ah, okay. Yeah. And that's full circle right there. Because <laughs> it's the same Absolutely. with Brandon, right? I love that. Um, that was cool. I didn't see that one coming. That was good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, sorry. That just like blew my mind for a second for some reason. That was funny. Um, I hope it helped. <laughs> no, it really does actually. Because, you know, and again, I think it's, as you said, like I'm not at all nervous currently. And if it's a small group of people and we're all just talking, I'm again, not nervous. But for some reason, it's like getting on that stage and then me being like the spotlight and everybody else kind of waiting on me, that makes me a little nervous. But I will say what you said is that if I could view it as a conversation instead of a speech, I, that already feels a lot better. I still think I'll be a little nervous just like initially. I, I don't know if, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the more you do, the better you get, all that type of stuff. But um, yeah, if you can just go up there and think of it as a conversation, um, that is very helpful. And I've never really thought about it in that way. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, unless if you have anything else you want to share, I, I know you got like a ton of knowledge. So anything else you want to share, go ahead. The last one I got for you is where can our listeners best find and connect with you online? Sure. Look, there's, there's lots we could talk about, but uh, again, uh, like you, I prefer to be relevant uh, to any audience like yours. Um, so I won't, I won't um, gas bag as we say in, in, in England or, or waffle on, <laughs> but, but if, if anyone is interested, if anyone in, is interested uh, listening to this in how to lead, speak or sell with more confidence, power and persuasion, simply visit John, rainer.tv that's j-o-h-n-r-a-y-n-finelli-e-r.tv john rainer.tv and all my um, complimentary or free resources are there in relation to either confident powerful and persuasive public speaking um, and also uh, and I, I won't talk about it now but how small business meaning they're already generating uh, more than $1 million US in revenue a year, how they can uh, three to seven X their business within 18 months. All of those resources, Tyler, are within drumrainer.tv. Perfect, man. Thank you again for coming on the show. You're very kind. <laughs>